<laughs> hey mama welcome back to the mom Walk collective podcast i'm jamie and i'm ari and we are two moms just trying to navigate through motherhood uh this is our third take we recorded a whole 15 minutes and <laughs> mom brain and we we're like you know what screw it we're starting over so we are going to start with recapping our book club we had book club meetup this weekend and it was really fun ari picked the book for this last month yeah, so for our book club, we're reading a book a month, which is fantastic. We'll read 12 books this year. Um, so the first book we read was Atomic Habits, and this was fantastic. This was a book that was my third time reading through, so I took away different things. But we sat at a round table, and we just got to hear what was everybody's takeaway, what were things that they wanted to implement. And then the conversation took a turn, which was actually very healing. Um we started talking about where we were at in motherhood. So it's interesting because we were talking this, all the books that we're reading are all personal development books. And that has you look at your life very closely. And so a lot of us, like even myself, I was just sharing of this book was amazing. And the standard that I want to live, I could implement this on every single area and boom, 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 (laughs) boom. And my whole life changes. Um, but that was way too overwhelming. And so for me, the habits that I changed was the second I roll out of bed, I make my bed. And I know that for some of you are like, you don't make your bed. Um, I would just make my bed at 3 p.m. or, you know, something like that, <laughs> where it was starting to create just like a cleaner space in my house. Um, and then the other thing that I implemented was the second that laundry was ready to fold like out of the dryer. It was folded and put away instantly, Um, which those seem like such small things, but there are such big wins compared to what else is going on in my life. And so I talked about that. Ari opened up and other moms opened up just kind of about where we are in motherhood. And that is kind of leading into the conversation that then we're going to talk about today. Um. Ari, I'll kind of let you you intro today's topic. Yeah, so if you listened to Monday's episode, um, you heard that it was a very vulnerable and raw conversation, and that's ultimately where the conversation went in our book club, and we had no idea the events that were about to unfold um, with Lindsay Clancy, and our hearts hurt, mm-hmm. um, and our hearts hurt around that table, too. So if you have or experience postpartum depression or you're close to somebody and it's a sensitive topic for you just know that this is kind of what we're going to talk about today uh if you haven't heard in the news yet there is a woman from massachusetts that was suffering severe postpartum anxiety and depression which ultimately led her to go into psychosis um from in the episode of psychosis and if you don't know what psychosis is um Essentially, you hallucinate, you have out-of-body experiences, uh, you're not fully present, um, and it usually can occur from lack of sleep or medication, um, mental illness. It's something that takes kind of a lot to to push into, Um, and then when you have these episodes, it's usually like an episode um, until your body recovers. Uh, some pretty crazy things happen. Um, anywho, Lindsay uh, happened to go into postpartum psychosis 
and during her episode happened to take the lives of her three kids and then also tried to take her own life. Um, Fortunately, she lived, um, but unfortunately, her three children did not. Um, So her, the whole controversy of what's in the media right now and what's being pushed, like if you're on TikTok and you're a mom, it's probably come up on your TikTok feed. If you haven't seen it yet, I bet you're going to see it on the news here really soon. Um, There is this split take on one being grieved for just the amount of pain that she was experiencing mentally through postpartum anxiety and depression. Um, And then the flip side is people feel as though she should be held accountable for taking the lives of her children. Um, And I think Ari and I aren't going to share our opinions on what we think should be done or not, but this national exposure is now giving us an opportunity to actually talk about mental health um, and Mm -hmm. specifically maternal mental health because it is a subject. I'm so passionate about it. Ari's super passionate about it. That is what started the collective is I was in a desperate need of, I need mom friends. I feel crazy. I don't know what I'm doing. Like help. I was having, you know, Mm -hmm. you experiencing things like phantom cries, not sleeping, um, not feeling super connected to your intrusive thoughts, not feeling connected to your baby. There's so many different things um, that can come postpartum. Some of it comes Mm -hmm. right away. Some of it comes six months, a year, five years. Uh, I even have a mentor of mine who hopefully will get on the podcast experiencing things 10 years later um, from her birth experience. And we want to talk about it. We, If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's, Ari got to share just where she was at. Um, and then that led, it was almost like it was profound that she got vulnerable and all these things started to happen um, because it's giving us this place to really open the conversation on the severity of support that mothers need. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I'll jump in here. I think this is a topic that people know about, but people never think that it's going to happen to them. Mm. Um, I mean, most people, Jamie, you were hyper aware that you could be predisposed to this. And I think that's amazing that you're able to take like proactive measures against it. Um, but usually you just keep going and you just think like it's not going to affect me 10 to 20 percent of women you know report this um it's probably not going to be me I'm going to love my baby and I'm just going to feel super connected and I'm going to live in this like heavenly bliss and ultimately you've heard both of our birth stories that bliss didn't come immediately um and it does come I I I will say like at least for us it did come um But in motherhood, we spend a lot of time preparing, right? We prepare the nursery. We we prepare for birth. We prepare um, the baby shower. I don't know. Like, we get everything ready. But what nobody talks about is preparing mentally what you might experience. Yeah. And I really hope that um, 
as society is changing and talking more about mental health, that this also flows into postpartum mental health because it is very different. And honestly, this is where I feel like before I became a mom, I had no idea what this could feel like. Um, And you would read news articles or see the news with situations similar to Lindsay's. And you have no idea, like, the hormone, like, imbalances, Mm -hmm. the minimal amount of sleep, the, like, just the amount of stress on your body that you're going through as a new parent. That could be a new mom or a new dad. A new mom is impacted more because of the changes of her body um, physically that it can be hard to imagine somebody getting to that point. But I think at this point in my life and having two two children, eight months old right now, I have a lot more compassion and empathy for yeah. her situation. And we want to really open this conversation up, make it less taboo. And if you're at a stage where you need professional help, like let's get you professional help. If you're at a stage like me where you're questioning everything and trying to navigate it, then like maybe talking to more like moms in your season of life is going to be helpful. Um, So today we ultimately started a movement to really open up this conversation. Um, So if you go to our Instagram page or our TikTok, uh, we're now posting um, mom walk for mental health. Anytime you go out for a walk, that could be going to the mailbox to get your mail. Um, for some of us, that's a longer walk than others. Um, it could be around the neighborhood. It could be at one of our mom walks. Um, but really, we want to draw attention to this. And we don't have the solution right now. We don't have, like, how do we solve this big issue? But what we can do is bring awareness and make this less taboo so that if you are experiencing it, you feel safe to talk about it. Or if you are talking to somebody that is experiencing this, you feel like you can give that mom compassion and love. Yeah. And I think like even too, like one of the biggest things that even in my journey with mental health and what I'm realizing is a lot of the times you're not wanting an answer from someone else. Like I don't want, if I'm going to share with Ari how I feel, I don't want her to t- tell me how to fix it. Um, I'm just wanting compassion and that's what we want to bring. We want the mom walk collective to be a place that has compassion and empathy. And if there is an interest in resources. We want to provide it of what we have access to. But ultimately, we just want to be able to hold you while you cry and be like, mm-hmm. you know what? I don't know the severity and the reality of what it's like mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, everything for you right now. But I'm sorry that it's hard and you're not mm-hmm. alone. And if you need someone to hold you, I got you. If you need someone to hold your kid, we got you. If you need someone to come over, help you clean your house, I got you. Um, 
if we look at Lindsay's story, you can tell that she was very, very aware of her mental status um, to the point that it's been shared in the news that she was going to intensive therapy three days a week. Her husband also came home and started working from home. Um, we don't know if that was from his job or, or due to her mental health, but it was shared that he was working from home. Um, so it, it seems as though that there, she was starting to take steps of recognizing, Hey, I need help. Um, but unfortunately due to what I feel is the lack in our mental health system, uh, she wasn't able to get the help she needed quick enough. Um, so we're also going to share in the show notes, the suicide hotline. Um, also the, there's a mental health hotline. There is a postpartum health hotline. We're going to share that all below in cases of emergencies. Um, it is so we, we, we understand, um, there are professionals who are trained for those moments, Mm-hmm. But for the moments leading up, or we just hope they don't get there, uh, the collective, we just want to be able to say, it's hard. We get it. We understand. It's not easy. Um, and I have compassion for every mom in every walk of life. So not just mm-hmm. the stay-at-home mom, not just the working mom, not just the single mom, but every mom. We yeah. understand you have your own burdens, your own trials. Um, every kid is totally different. You could have had a blissful first kid and your second kid, you're having a completely different experience. Um, so we, yeah, I think one of the interesting things that I'm, I'm learning the more and more I'm diving into Lindsay's case, um, is the fact that she was seeking help. Like that right there shows a lot and I think one of the things that I can talk about from my own personal experience of seeking help um is when if you didn't listen to last week's I'll just like recap it super hard and I think Ari's in this position now um of getting to explore what option is the best for her um but I was in a car accident in 2019 had a traumatic brain injury, a year later had a mental break, um, started going to intensive therapy similar to what Lindsay was doing, but I was going five days a week, three hours a day, um, had another mental break within that, and then I essentially hospitalized myself, or yeah, um, was in a psych hospital for three days, was on a mental hold, then I finally got to leave and go to a brain therapy program, which is essentially what I needed for my circumstances, um, But I think when I had my first mental break and I understood that I needed help, I didn't know where to go. And luckily, I had one friend and she knows who she is. And I don't know if she's listening to this because she's not a mom. Um, But she was also experiencing really severe mental health issues. And I knew that she had taken disability off work and changed her schedule around so she can go to this intensive therapy. Mm. And I remember sitting at a coffee shop and her telling me about this. And I didn't understand the first time she told me. It really did not resonate of the trials that she was going through. 
And it was probably a year and a half after I had that coffee date with her that I had my mental break. And since she had gotten vulnerable with me, I felt safe of asking her for resources. Mm. And though the place wasn't the right help that I needed, I'm so beyond grateful that I had someone that was vulnerable enough with me, even though I couldn't comprehend that she felt safe to share with me what was going on because ultimately it saved my life. Um, and I don't know if you're experiencing that now, Ari, of getting vulnerable and starting to hear different resources of what may help, what might not help, what in the place that you're at right now, what are you experiencing through the mental health system that is showing itself um, versus what you're hearing from friends that may have walked through things um, in different seasons? Yeah. I, well, I think being vulnerable and being willing to share where I'm at opens the door for a lot of people to reach out and share where they're at. And I really hope that me talking about this, I, I don't, I'm not playing the victim role. <laughs> just, just You're for not. clarity. Um, and I think that's also like a mental block for some people is like being vulnerable is not always seen with strength. Um, but I do think it does take strength to be vulnerable. And so, yeah, I think at this point where I'm at, if I'm, if I'm really just being honest with you guys, like where I'm at, I went to therapy when I was, I think four months postpartum because that was the quickest they could get me in. Um, and thought I was being proactive did like probably two months of it and was like, okay, I think I'm like, I don't know if I really need this right now. Hmm. And now eight months postpartum, I'm in this situation and I am questioning what I need hmm. because my experience with bringing up these concerns prior was addressed by well, let's get you on medication if you're really feeling that way. And then if with um, with medication and therapy, then you should only be on the medication for eight months, eight to nine months. To me, getting on medication, like something that um, I don't know the correct wording for it, how I feel about it, but. I want to see a scientific reason as to why I need it. Mm. You know, I need to know, is this just regular life stressors and me trying to navigate through motherhood as a working mom um, of twins, a wife, a friend, um, building a business, you know, all these things. Is this just normal life stressors that I need to now learn coping mechanisms to navigate this? Or is this an actual chemical imbalance in my brain? Um, what's, super, what's super interesting about medication. So what, I went on medication for November. 
two, almost a year, almost a year I was on medication. Um, is since that stuff is still so new, like they're still trying to understand the brain. Um, they, you kind of play like prescription roulette where literally like I went through, I'm not going to name the ones that I was on, but they tried one. I felt even crazier. I tried another, hated the way I felt, just like felt like not myself, like I had no personality. Finally, then they found one that I felt like decent on. Um, then I like they just keep like increasing your dose until then you want to get off it and then they like decrease your dose. That's how you should do it in a healthy manner. Um, I, on the other hand, <laughs> did not do it in a healthy manner. Um, they <laughs> increased my dose. And then one of the things, since it's so crazy is crazy, meaning it's so powerful of what it has the ability to do. Um, I, long story short, something happened that really inspired me of like, you know what? I have the mental power right now to create habits in my life where I don't need medication, which I did. I did have that power and I did create that the side effect that I didn't even think about is detoxing off those crazy meds. So mm-hmm. I yeah. went cold Turkey, stopped taking them. I literally was having like small seizures. Like my face was numb for two weeks. Um, I can remember driving in the car and Charlie and I were randomly like looking at like RVs and trailers and stuff like that. And I thought I was having like a seizure or a stroke. Like I probably like I was having many, many seizures because I was detoxing so hard off those drugs. And it wasn't until someone said either he said something or my mom said something about my medication. And I was like, whoa, that's that's why I've been having this. So it's even having like all those crazy things that like you figure out, um, there's a pill out there and they call it the Hollywood drug because you feel limitless. Like it's crazy. It is so, so crazy. The power that messing with your mind does. And I'm so thankful in the beginning that where I was at, I needed to be on medication because I didn't even have the ability. Obviously I had intrusive thoughts to the point that I was really scared that I was going to hurt myself super glad that I was able to like get to a point to then be able to think clearly but the that was crazy the fact that there's stuff out there that could make you feel limitless and you know understand like why people become addicted to them because when you get off then you're still faced with your trials you know and even like what you're saying is like is this just life stressors or is this a chemical imbalance because when I was off it I still had all those life issues. Granted, I had been going to tons and tons of therapy, but the issues are still there. So Mm -hmm. I think everything you have to say is so valid. And I also want to call out that, like, by no means me and Jamie having this conversation is, like, us saying medication is bad. There is a time and a place for medication, and I have friends that are on medication And it has changed their life. I think there's a time and a place for it. I think what I'm trying to express is that there is no, like, there's not a clear way to, like, diagnose yourself. This is all self-diagnosis. And 
sorry, I don't want to use blanket statements. Postpartum depression is self-diagnosed. Postpartum anxiety is self-diagnosed. There are other things that are actually diagnosed. Um, and so I, I just don't want you guys to take this as like we're saying medication is bad. It's I'm just trying to navigate. Is that the best option for me right now? Yeah. And I think that is probably where a lot of women find themselves as we're navigating coming back into ourselves after like, you know, the newborn phase and um, going back to work, like having these life changes, like what, what am I experiencing right now? Yeah. Um, this is super interesting and I want to like kind of tap into it because, um, in my circumstance, I didn't have a spouse to kind of share things of that I was going with. So I would love to hear, um, your thoughts on how you and Ian are navigating things because, if we look at Lindsay's case, and I really I want to talk about it because mm-hmm. it's getting so much attention. And so we, w- if you look at her case, it looks as though she had great communication with her husband. And what makes me believe this is he actually came out with a forgiveness mm-hmm. statement. Yep. And if you want to go read it, literally just type in Lindsay Clancy's husband um, statement. Yeah, it'll come up. Mm-hmm. It will totally come up, but that was one of the things that completely wrecked me. Like he essentially went on to say she was an amazing mother. This woman was a nurse and I'm, I believe she was worked as she, a labor I think and she de- was a labor and delivery nurse. Yeah. Yes. Um, labor and delivery nurse. And he honored her and raved about how incredible of a mother she was how much of a kind soul she was like he, he covered her in love covered her in love and obviously he's probably in an insane i can imagine the situation that he's in um this everything occurred when he actually left to go to, left the house the, for like a I very short the grocery amount store yeah like a very short amount of time um this all happened and he came home to finding his wife trying jumping off the second story of their house um and then his kids where he was the one who called 911 and I just want to honor him and the way he's walking this out because we understand like we can only talk to you from a mother's perspective um but the second a child is born a father is born too just like a second Mm -hmm. a child is well Okay, actually, when a child is conceived, there's a mother and father. The When mm-hmm. it's born, like, I feel like mothers, we have the preparation because we get to experience the growth where it's like we feel it starting from morning sickness, our boobs hurt, our this and that. <laughs> if you have pregnancy symptoms, um, fathers don't. And so they, their lives change all the second they see the child and they're like, oh oh my gosh, like that was inside of you, like, (laughs) you know? And so, um, I think this dad who's gone through three births has three children. Um, and to still look at his wife that way was just unmatched. So powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I think your question was like going through this with a spouse. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> what my experience is. <laughs> yeah, tell um, me I'm a wise one. Oh, so wise. Um, you guys are. I love hearing about your guys' marriage. If you guys want to hear healthy marriage, Ari and Ian have put in work. That's why I always love asking questions about their stuff, mainly because they've been together, what, 13 years now? Oh, 11 years. It'll be 12 11. years this year. I'll give you guys two more. It's two more years of wisdom. Um, but they do. They're so – they've put in the work. And, um, again, no marriage is perfect or whatever. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their ups and downs. But if you want to look into a marriage that – sees each other from the outside that's what it looks like so I'm curious what is it like on the inside well on the inside uh as as you're like building us all up I'm like thinking about (laughs) last night when Graham decided to wake up and be awake for like an hour and a half and we're trying to put him down I'm like I just don't know what to do (laughs) like all inhibition goes out when I'm like it's the middle of the night and I took a sleep gummy um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just yeah so I, I laugh but I think having Ian walk alongside me during this is I'm very grateful because there are moments where like I just need to like I just need him to listen I just need mm-hmm. him to like solve the issues that I don't have the capacity to think about right now and I love my husband for that and because he we both act as solution seekers like if there's a problem we will try to find a solution and not in the point where it's like as he's listening to me you know like the people that always just want to fix things he's learned that he needs to listen to well I'm gonna cut you off right there because I think that's one of the biggest things that women might experience is men are most likely or commonly I don't know these are blanket statements too but they're solution seekers um and so a lot of the times when they're hearing something their brains are instantly going here's how I could fix it here's how I could fix it like I don't want problems to do and so I think one of the things that you can even do if you're experiencing symptoms right now is in communicating to anyone, especially your spouse, can be, I'm going to share something with you and I'm not wanting your opinion. I'm wanting a safe space. Can I share that with you right now? And I think one of the things um, that I learned in communication through all the different therapies (laughs) is asking if the other person has the capacity at the time. So even though like I needed to share and I was just like about to explode, I could have been exploding onto a mess because they weren't in, they weren't ready. You know, it's even saying like, so true. Like you all, you can't burden somebody like you can burden them, but that's also not the healthiest way to do it. They have to have capacity to take on and be that person. And so yeah, I do think asking somebody before you do it is so powerful. I think because Ian is my husband, luckily, like he has learned to, he'll ask me if I don't preface it. He'll like, are you looking for a solution or are you looking just for me to listen? And I'll tell him what I need in that moment. Because sometimes it really is like, I need you to find a solution for this because I just don't have the capacity. Whereas I like to find solutions. Mm. Um, But 
what I'm experiencing right now, I don't know if they're, we're just not there yet. And so having him come around me to do that is incredible. And it's honestly navigating it day by day and figuring out like, what's the need for that day? Like, do I need like an hour and a half just by myself? Do I need to put myself to bed early? Like last night was weird and I just had to like say like, peace out, going to bed at 8 p.m., which is not like me for my night owl self. Um, but he, he steps in. This is what I think we do well. And is like, we, when one person is maybe like experiencing something, the other person fills in. And we Mm. talked about this on a previous episode. Marriage isn't 50, 50, like that's not going to be successful because if somebody pulls back to 49%, then you have a gap. Whereas if you go a hundred, a hundred, you cover each other. So when one person is down, the other person fills in. And I'm extremely grateful that Ian and I learned that early on before we even got married um, because it's protecting us in this in this season of life right now. So good. Um, no, it's seriously so good. You guys are great. Seriously. It's honored to honestly know if any of you want to talk about marriage ian and i are here we are professionals ian ian edits our podcast ian <laughs> you i should tap out one week and you guys can you can tap in and you guys can have a little marriage podcast i think that'd be great and then maybe i do one with another single mom and then you tap out one week I'd love that. Oh, let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Um, okay, I want to talk about one more thing, and then we're going to kind of do the podcast early. We say we're going to end it early, but it's already been 30 minutes. Um, one of the things that I think has been so hard about this case is the fact that when one day she's going to wake up from the psychosis. Mm-hmm. And that has made me cry and cry and cry being a mom and the small amounts of guilt that I feel when I've wronged my son or did something whatever but I can I can't imagine the heartache that she's going to feel when she wakes up from psychosis Mm-hmm. And that really grieves me. And I'm, I'm really thankful that she is in a place now that she can get help. Um, it's said, at least what media is releasing, that she is in a mental health institute um granted she's also under custody um so i hope they are treating her for what she needs and not just to get her to trial um but i have this deep deep desire in my heart to release moms of shame or guilt in times when you have mentally not been okay. And 
I experienced the tiny, tiny sliver of what Lindsay had gone through when my son was really sick and he was, who knows, I say he's teething for everything. Um, but he was sick. He was throwing up. He wasn't sleeping. And at night he was like hysterically screaming like every 45 minutes. Um, and I remember like getting mad and I Mm -hmm. had to check myself and Mm -hmm. I was like, he doesn't know what he needs. He can't Mm -hmm. communicate it to me. And I want to give moms just a full covering right now and a blessing that if you've ever done something when you've reached your tipping point, it's not who you are. And you're an amazing mom. You're a loving mom. You have sacrificed so much for your kids. And if there is anything that is telling you otherwise, I just break it and bind it right now. And I just speak your identity over you, which is you are loyal, you are honorable, you are respectful, you are loving, you are kind, you are sacrificial, and you're an amazing mom. Because that's something hard to live with if you've ever done something out of character. Mm-hmm. And it's just out of character because it's not who you are. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. And I think I needed to hear that too. Mm-hmm. So. The unhealed part of me now wants to crack a joke because <laughs> I can't sit in those things. And I'm like, literally in my brain, if you guys want to come into my intrusive thoughts, is... I was going to crack some joke, and then I was like, oh, that's trauma. Can't sit in a serious spot. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you and I do it both, so we're working on this together, guys. This is a work in progress, not uh, perfection. We're always just seeking progression. Yeah. So um, we love you guys so much. We know that this topic is we're going to continue talking about it. You're going to continue seeing us posted on social media because we really want to shed light and awareness to this. And so if you're looking for a walk near you, uh, go to our website. We have the momwalkcollective.com. You can find our walk finder, type in your city, find the walk closest to you. Uh, if we don't have a walk close to you, you can apply to become an ambassador on our website and we will get back to you on the first of every uh, month following uh, to get you to help you get started so we love you mama we are there for you and we hope to see you at one of our walks yes and if you go on a walk we encourage you please 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 use the hashtag mom walk for mental health use the sound superwoman by megan trainer um, we are trying to get that sound and that hashtag some exposure we want this conversation going um And when we do things together in unity, we can make an impact. So hashtag mom walk for mental health, Megan Trainer, Superwoman song. We love you, mama. We can't wait to talk more. We can't wait to see all your walks. And that's it. Love you. We'll see you soon. Love you. Bye-bye.